بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب شرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل لقطة من لساني يفقه قولي أما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. It's a great uh, honor and a pleasure uh, to join you uh, this evening. And thank you and jazakumallahu khaira uh, for tuning in uh, on this uh, likely uh, last night of the month of Sha'ban. Uh, as uh, you probably know, the moon uh, will be uh, sought tomorrow night, inshallah, Thursday night. And uh, there are good chances uh, that it will be uh, seen, and therefore the month of Ramadan is expected uh, most likely to begin, inshallah, on uh, on Thursday night, meaning the first fast is expected to be on Friday, inshallah. But once again, this will be confirmed uh, tomorrow evening, inshallah, so uh, stay tuned. Um, I hope uh, that you are all uh, excited about the coming of the month of Ramadan, as we discussed uh, on Saturday night. This is like uh, a great uh, guest that is coming to visit us, uh, a VIP guest uh, who you know we love uh, very much and we are excited uh, to have with us. Uh, so therefore, um, I hope, inshallah, that uh, all the preparations are done, uh, that we are uh, spiritually prepared. My apologies. That we are spiritually prepared. Uh, and inshallah, this will be uh, a, a blessed month uh, for us, inshallah ta'ala. Now, as we, we know, uh, as believers, that the month of Ramadan presents a, uh, a tremendous opportunity for us. So um, there's much to do. But what are the things that we should be focusing on? Um, you know, mashallah, if you start listening to lectures, as I'm sure uh, many, many of you are, uh, there are uh, many things to focus on. There are many suggestions. Uh, there are many aspects and elements of the month of Ramadan uh, that we uh, try to pay attention to. But at the end of the day, we are human beings. So the question is um, that, you know, what are some of the areas that we can be, uh, we should be focusing on that we can try to uh, develop, inshallah, so that, you know, we have the best Ramadan possible. And this should be our intention going into it. Going into the month of Ramadan, our intention should be that we want to have the absolute best uh, Ramadan possible, inshallah, uh, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it the best for us, um, even under these circumstances, um, but, and as I've been saying, inshallah, you know, there is uh, much khair uh, and goodness in whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, this is what we learn from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the fact that we find ourselves in such a situation with all of its hardships um, and challenges and struggles, um, as well as the sadness that comes with not being able uh, to go to the masjid, at least in the beginning of Ramadan, um, along with all of that, inshallah, there will still be some khair. So I would really like all of us to really uh, get into this Ramadan and really welcome this blessed month uh, with uh, positive expectations, with a positive attitude, a, a, a attitude of gratefulness that, you know, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the opportunity to get so close to Ramadan and inshallah, if Allah wills, we will make it to the month of Ramadan. Inshallah, subhanallah, you know, we still find uh, cases even today 
uh, you know, uh, multiple, uh, more than one person that I've come to know of within the last 24, 48 hours, our brothers, sisters, uh, sisters who have passed away in different parts uh, of the world, uh, people that, you know, I know about or I've come to know of. And subhanAllah, you know, this is this is our reality that we don't know when uh, our time is going to come and which Ramadan is going to be our last and how much time and opportunity we're going to get. So as believers, we really want to be uh, excited and we also want to be moving forward uh, with that, you know, positive hope uh, and, and that expectation and that feeling of, uh, of being um, of, of, of being uh, blessed with a great opportunity that we want to uh, enjoy uh, in the best way possible and we want to make the most of, inshallah. Now, the best way to figure out what to do or, or, or what to focus on in the month of Ramadan is perhaps to examine how the Prophet wasallam used to spend his Ramadan. Right? Because as believers... The Prophet وسلم, is our role model, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells, tells us in the Quran, that indeed in the Messenger of Allah, you have an excellent example. And it's interesting because normally when we hear this verse or when it is presented in talks and lectures, usually, not always, but many times we stop there. So we say, indeed in the Messenger of Allah, you have an excellent example. And absolutely, that is 100% true. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually goes on in that verse and says, Uswatun Hasana, yes. That in the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, you have an excellent, ex excellent example for whoever has hope in Allah, whoever has hope in Allah in the last day and remembers Allah often. So indeed, in the Messenger of Allah وسلم, you have an excellent example. But Allah goes on and says, For who? For whoever has hope in Allah in the last day and who remembers Allah often. So again, we find, and you know, the last few Fridays, actually for many weeks, we've been talking about the importance of the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we find here as well that in finding you know, the beautiful, excellent example of the of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and, you know, the and, and appreciating him, um, it, that also has to do with dhikrullahi kathira because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions that as well at the end of that verse. So that is just something uh, to keep in mind, inshallah, with regards to the importance of the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So inshallah, tonight what we'll try to do is we'll try to, we'll attempt Insha'Allah, to go through, um, you know, uh, rather to explore how the Prophet ﷺ used to spend Ramadan. Okay, and of course, we cannot do justice to the topic, and and indeed, we cannot do justice to any aspect of the life of Rasulullah ﷺ. But Insha'Allah, in the limited time that we have, uh, well, actually, there's there's no real time limit. But Insha'Allah, I'll try to limit myself uh, and not get carried away. Uh, we'll try to briefly look at how the how the Prophet Sallallahu used to welcome Ramadan, how he used to spend Ramadan, with some of the finer details as well, inshallah, bithinlahi ta'ala. And from that, inshallah, we can get tips. So the idea is that we can get tips on what to focus on. Because indeed, and I think you would agree, the most fortunate would be the person whose Ramadan most closely resembles the Ramadan of the Prophet Sallallahu Right? Imagine, if you can spend Ramadan, if you can spend every moment of Ramadan 
or as much of Ramadan as possible. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to spend, right? Wouldn't that be indeed a great blessing? Wouldn't that be a great accomplishment? Right? So we, we want to try to emulate the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in every manner, in every matter, including how he used to spend the month of Ramadan. Now we hear, we, we learn from some reports uh, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would start praying for Ramadan two months in advance. Now this narration has some weakness or has weakness in its chain of narrators, but nonetheless, you know, we, we take it as, as an indication that perhaps it is true because if there's weakness, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is, it is absolutely false until, unless it's mawdu' it's fabricated. But this hadith has not been classified as such. So we, we take it with a grain of salt, but nonetheless, we get an indication that perhaps this was the case, uh, that كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل رجب قال اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان. Okay, so regardless of the the authenticity of 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 the, the hadith, meaning the chain of narrators or lack thereof, um, nonetheless we get a beautiful du'a. You know that you know asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for blessings in the month of Rajab and Shaaban, and asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to take us to the month of Ramadan to deliver us to the month of Ramadan. So. This is something that we find in the books of hadith. Allahu alam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best as to what exactly was the case. Now, we also learn, and this is authentically narrated, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would fast the most in the month of Sha'ban after the month of Ramadan. So obviously in Ramadan he was fasting for the entire month, but outside of the month of Ramadan, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to fast the most in the month of Sha'ban. Um, and uh, sometimes he would fast the entire month, sometime, meaning the month of Sha'ban. Sometimes he would fast you know, for a few days. Um, as we read yesterday in our daily, uh, nightly hadith reading, the Prophet وسلم, you know, discouraged or somewhat sway prohibited the fasting in the month of Sha'ban after half of Sha'ban has passed, uh, most likely to preserve our energy uh, for the month of Ramadan. Uh, but nonetheless, the month of Sha'ban was the month in which the Prophet وسلم, fasted and fasted uh, a lot in preparation, most likely for the month of Ramadan, and he also mentioned that you know uh, Sha'ban, as we as we discussed a few Fridays ago, that Sha'ban is the month in which uh, that is uh, you know neglected uh, by by many people, that is forgotten by many people, and it is the month in which our deeds are presented to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and I like that my deeds be presented in a state in, in uh, um, be presented while I am in a state of fasting. So this is what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us with regards to Sha'ban, the month which precedes the month of Ramadan. Now, according to um, uh, what we learn from the uh, from, from the sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam, is that he would seek the moon. The Prophet Wasallam would seek the moon. And of course, actually, they would you know, be seeking the moon for every month because that is how the calendar uh, you know, was determined by the actual uh, sighting of the moon. And the Prophet Wasallam would uh, recite this dua uh, for the month of Ramadan when sighting the moon and for other months as well, that Hilalu Khairin Warushin, that this is the crescent of guidance and blessing. Um, and he would say this uh, three times and he would say, that I believed in the one who created you. So we learn from this that you know going to seek the moon, to sight the moon is the sunnah of the Prophet. And at the same time, it's a time of uh, of making dua, or at least there are. Uh, uh, du'as that have been narrated with regards to what the Prophet Sallallahu used to pray for and what he would say at that time. Um, 
Now, with regards to this hadith as well, there, you know, some will say that uh, it's reported in the Sunan of Abu Dawood, but some will say that, you know, there is a, a weak narrator in the chain. However, we find another hadith uh, from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with regards to the sighting of the moon. Allahumma ahillahu alayna bil yumni wal iman. O Allah, let this moon, meaning this month, pass over us with blessings uh, and, and iman, was salamati wal islam, you know, with safety and the belief in Islam, the Prophet ﷺ would say that, Oh Allah, let this month, meaning this moon, meaning this month, pass over us with blessings, with iman, with safety, and with the belief in Islam. And grant us the ability to act on the actions that you love and that pleases you. O moon, my Lord and your Lord is Allah. Right, Allahumma ahillahu alayna bil yumni wal iman wa salamati wal islam wa tawfiq lima tuhibbu wa tarda rabbi wa rabbukallah. So, you know, we find a beautiful indication here uh, that it's important even to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the tawfiq, the ability to act on the actions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and that Allah azza wa jal uh, is pleased with. So, this is something that doesn't come from ourselves because guidance comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that we are able to do is thanks to the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore, we should always try to make this, this dua, but especially in the beginning of the month, um, and especially in the beginning of the month of Ramadan, that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ability to act on the actions that he loves and that pleases him. Amin ya rabbal alameen. Now in our city here in Ottawa, the Council of Imams of Ottawa Gatineau uh, follows the, the criterion or the procedure of, uh, of global moon sighting. And what that means, just because you know, sometimes there is some confusion, what global moon sighting, according to our council, means here in Ottawa Gatineau, that any official announcement of sighting from any jurisdiction east of us, if that comes to us, we accept it. Or if there is a confirmed North American sighting by Isha time, our time. Okay. So once again, we wait for because of course we are behind most of the world. We wait for sighting reports from the east. They have to be uh, reports of sighting, number one. They have to be from an established authority. So normally it's a court uh, of, uh, of, of a particular jurisdiction. Uh, so if such a report comes, we accept it. Okay. If there is no such report, uh, then of course uh, we try to look for the moon ourselves. I mean, we try to look for it regardless to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. But if there is no report from the East, then we will look ourselves and we will wait for a report from North America until Isha time because it gets very late, um, you know, because the continent is, is, is large. Uh, so, you know, we wait until Isha time. And if there are reports until then that are verifiable, then Alhamdulillah, that's great. Um, and if there are no reports, then we will uh, begin the uh, Ramadan the, the following day. Okay, so with regards to tomorrow night, um, it is uh, expected that there will be sightings or reports at least of sightings from the east. Um, so that is why we are expecting that the month of Ramadan, inshallah, will begin from Thursday night. The first fast will likely be Friday, but the certainty will come, inshallah, with the official announcement after um, uh, or after tomorrow's uh, search, inshallah. So please be, stu be uh, stay tuned for that. Um, as I mentioned, it is a sunnah of the Prophet. So tomorrow night, you know, especially if you have children, even yourself, and the, the skies are clear, do go out, right, and try to see uh, the moon, try to spot it, uh, look towards the sunset. Um, um, I mean, the, the, the moon has to be sighted at or after sunset in order for it to count. 
Um, so, you know, you can go out and look for it. If you want to know where to look, um, there are some really good tools online like SkyMap uh, or Google Sky. You can search for it. Uh, and they will. Uh, there's also apps as well that will tell you where the where the moon actually is or where it's supposed to be, and then you can try looking in that direction uh, to find it, inshallah. Uh, and at the very least, whether you go to see the moon or not, uh, at least try to make the dua that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would make when the new month would start. Now, with regards to uh, sahur, uh, the pre uh, pre dawn meal, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said uh, that tasaharu fa inna fis sahuri baraka. Right, and this is uh, reported in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari that have the sahur for there are blessings in the sahur. So the Prophet ﷺ has encouraged us to eat and, and have the pre-dawn meal, and this is something that we should absolutely try to have. And the Prophet ﷺ also said that the difference between our fasting and the fasting of the people of the book is the sahur. So this is actually um, a, a very uh, salient part. A, a distinction in our fasting, and therefore it is important that we try to act upon it or try to practice it as much as possible, inshallah. Um, now, at the time of the Prophet wasallam, there used to be two events in the morning. Okay, so one would be by Bilal radiallahu an, and then the other by Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum radiallahu an. And Aisha radiallahu anha uh, mentions that Bilal radiallahu anhu made his call to prayer, made his adhan when it was still nighttime. And then she further quotes the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying that kulu washrabu that eat and drink until hatta yu'adhin ibn Umm Maktoum. Okay, eat and drink until Ibn Umm Maktoum makes his call to prayer, makes his adhan, because he does not make it until the break of dawn. Um, so uh, we learn from that that you know the eating and drinking, and of course we learn from the Quran as well. Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions it. Very clearly, So essentially, the eating and drinking is allowed until the time for Fajr comes in when there is a distinction between the white threads in the sky, as we discussed last time, and the darkness in the sky. Um, now, one of the narrators of, of this uh, hadith, um, or one of the reporters of this hadith, um, stated that... Um, that the gap between the two calls to prayer made by them was no more than what it took the one to come down and the other to go up. Right. So he was asked about how much time was there between the two events. So he said the gap between the two calls to prayer made by them was no more than what it took the one to come down and the other to go up. So we can sense that the first event was a type of warning to let them know that the time for, for Fajr uh, is coming up. So finish up eating. So it was almost like a warning signal and then the adhan, uh, so yani the first adhan, the, the adhan of Bilal radiallahu an was the warning that the time is coming to an end. And then the adhan of Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum radiallahu an was the adhan of, of Fajr time, which meant that eating and drinking was to be stopped. Now the Prophet also said that the best of sahur is eating dates. Um, right? He, he said, or he indicated that to us by saying how excellent are dates as the believer's sahur. Right? So try to have some dates in your sahur. Insha'Allah, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, very special um, uh, fruit, you know, or food. So therefore, try to have dates, not just at iftar, but also in sahur as well, um, following upon uh, the, the recommendation of the Prophet wasallam. Now, the sahur would be taken later rather than sooner, right? So um, Zayd ibn Thabit reported that we ate sahur with the Messenger of Allah wasallam. تَسَحَّرْنَا مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ ثُمَّ قَامَ إِلَى الصَّلَةِ 
and then we got up for the prayer. So he was asked, what was the amount of time? What was the amount of time between the two? And he responded, Qadru uh, khamsina ayah. That the, the, the time between the two, meaning between the eating and the prayer, or getting up for the prayer, to offer the Fajr prayer, was the time that it would take to recite approximately, you know, it, approximately the time it would take to recite 50 verses. Okay, now this is an approximation, of course, because some verses could be long, some could be short, but approximately the time that it would take to recite 50 verses of the Quran. So, you know, approximately 10 minutes or so, um, we can we can understand from this. Uh, but that is just my, my understanding and my interpretation of it. What he said was the time it would take to recite 50 verses. Um, so we learn from this that it is better to eat the suhoor later rather than sooner. But of course, we want to be careful not to step into Fajr time, right? And this is why, because nobody's actually going out and seeing the sky, um, you know, we are following calendars which have different, you know, different methods of calculation. Um, so perhaps, you know, some scholars recommend that it is good to, to stop eating a few minutes before uh, just to be safe, to be on the safe side. But nonetheless, what we learn from, from the Quran is that the that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said um, that eat and drink until you know, the distinction between the, the two types of threads in the sky become clear to you. So, therefore, with regards to sahur, um, it is good to have something, even if it's just a date. Even if it's just a date, as we learned this great recommendation with regards to dates. So, even if it's just a date or a sip of water, try to have something. So, let's say, you know, you don't know if you're going to get up or not. Um, and actually, I do recommend that before going to sleep at night, make sure you have a snack or something, because in case... In case you are not able to get up, in case you miss uh, the sahur, um, you're going to be in for a long day. And Alhamdulillah, the weather is cool now, and most of us aren't having to go out. But still, you know, if you go to sleep without eating anything, it could be a very long fast. It could become difficult, perhaps. So always try to have a snack before you go to bed, and then you can wake up for for sahur. Inshallah, if you can actually have a meal, that's excellent. If you can't have a full meal, you know, even if you have a date, have a sip of water, have something to honor the words, the recommendation. And the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ as much as possible, inshallah. And at times, the Prophet ﷺ used to even have company at the time of Sahur. Okay, so if you invite people, well, actually, nowadays, of course, we can't because of restrictions with regards to gatherings and, and physical distancing. But otherwise, you know, in normal circumstances, um, it is uh, good and, you know, it is okay and good to have people um, uh, have company over for Sahur as well uh, and not just that iftar. But again, don't do that right now because of the ongoing situation and, and, and regulations. Now, Imam Anawi rahmatullahi alayhi explains that there is um, there are blessings in sahur for the following reasons. So number one, he talks about energy, right? That sahur makes you strong for fasting because you have nourishment for your body right before you start your fast. Enthusiasm, it creates excitement, right? Doing something different. I remember, you know, vividly waking up in the morning, uh, my mom, as I mentioned before, you know, may Allah bless her, um, you know, making food in the morning and everyone getting up. Uh, so there, you know, it creates excitement um, and enthusiasm and encouragement as well. So it inclines you to do more work during the day. So it encourages you because it gives you energy and therefore, you know, and it prepares you well as well. And actually, most importantly, he says, it makes you get up in the early morning before dawn, before Fajr and allows you to stay up at night. And that is the time for the remembrance of Allah. That is the time for the remembrance of Allah and supplication. So it makes you wake up at that time, which is the time of acceptance of mercy and of forgiveness. 
right? So if you wake up, if you plan to wake up for suhoor, you automatically are going to be up at the most, you know, the most blessed time of the night, a time when even if you don't have much time to offer salah, at least you can do some zikr, you can make some dua, you can recite some verses of the Quran, you can do some good at that time. And inshallah, that moment, those moments are going to be very, very valuable. So it's not just the physical nourishment, but it's also the spiritual nourishment we find um, at that we we are we are able to find at that time, inshallah, if we wake up for sahur. So therefore, try to try to plan as much as possible to the best of your ability to get up at that time and uh, eat something and try to worship as much as you can as well, inshallah. Now there's a, a, a hadith that is often talked about or asked about where the Prophet وسلم, said that that the Prophet وسلم, said that the, that uh, if one of you hears the call to prayer, he hears the adhan, and the vessel is still in his hand, let him not put it down until he finished with it, until he has finished with it. Okay, so oftentimes, you know, we get asked that if, you know, if I'm eating and the adhan goes off, um, you know, it's time for the adhan, I hear the adhan, should I continue eating? Should I spit it out? You know, what is, what, what, what should I do? So it's very important to understand that the vast majority of scholars, pretty much almost everyone agrees that the time for fasting begins when the time for Fajr comes in. Okay, and that when the time for Fajr comes in, then there is no more opportunity to swallow anything, whether it is food or drink, regardless of the circumstances. Okay, so the words of the Quran, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran are very clear, and the command of the Prophet is also very clear in terms of when we need to stop eating in order to start our fast. Um, so when a person becomes certain that the true dawn has come, then he has to stop eating or drinking. She has to stop eating and drinking. Um, and if there is food in their mouth, then they have to spit it out. And if they do not do that, then the fast will become invalidated. But if a person is not certain that dawn has come, then that person may eat until, this is what some of the scholars have said, until they are certain that the Fajr time has started. Um, and similarly, if a person knows that the Mu'adhin gives the call to Adhan before the time comes. So for example, you know, you have an Adhan clock at home and you know it's a few minutes ahead and the adhan goes off, and you know there's a couple of more minutes, then it's still okay for you to continue eating. Um, you know, Or if someone hears the adhan live and they're not sure if it's being given on time, um, then the, some of the scholars say you can eat until you are certain, but it is still better to stop eating when you hear the adhan. And the scholars you know, have, um, uh, have talked about this um, and have, have interpreted it as ref the hadith referring to a muadhin who gives the call to prayer before dawn, Breaks and Imam An Nawawi, rahmatullahi alayhi, once again, you know, uh, addresses it as this as well, saying we have stated that if dawn breaks and a person has food in their mouth, they should spit it out and complete the fast. And if the person swallows it after knowing that dawn has come, then the fast is invalidated. There is no difference of scholarly opinion on this point. Um, and he mentions the hadith which I mentioned earlier about the adhan of Bilal radiallahu an, um, and um, with. With regards to um, this issue, the scholars say that the majority are of the view that sahur should stop when dawn breaks. This is the view of the four imams and the view of all the renowned jurists around the early Islamic world. So therefore, it should be clear to us that once we know that it's time for fajr, um, there is no room to continue eating after that. Inshallah, try to finish your food and drink beforehand. Um, so that is with regards to um, the sahur. Um, someone messaged me today also asking, you know, why are there different timings? We've see some calendars, um, you know, especially if you print them online, there's some differences in timing. 
Um, so just just know, first of all, Alhamdulillah, that for the first time, the Council of Imams of Ottawa Gatno, Alhamdulillah, have issued a calendar um, that is agreed upon for all the prayer timings, Alhamdulillah, for all the major masajid, uh, for all the ima- for all the imams in Ottawa Gatno, Alhamdulillah. So that is something that has been agreed upon, Alhamdulillah Taala. Um, so therefore, you know, there shouldn't be much confusion. But if you do come across timings which are different, that is because simply there are different criteria, the different you know criteria for. Uh, calculating, especially Fajr and Isha, um, different type, you know, different uh, fatawa uh, and verdicts, which usually vary, you know, depending on geography, location, uh, depending on season, and so on and so forth. So that's why if you do find some variations, uh, there's nothing to get too much too worried about. Inshallah, you can follow what your local masjid has issued or what your local imams have said, and Inshallah, um, that will be fine. And we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to accept from us and to forgive us for any of our shortcomings. I mean, Rabbil Alameen. Um, with regards to uh, the recitation of Quran, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to review the Quran with Jibril salam, once every year, and he reviewed it with him twice in the year in which he passed away, and this was in Ramadan. So it is a good practice to review the Quran that you have learned with someone else. So you you recite to them, and they recite to you, and you review that way, and that way uh, you are practicing upon a Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi um, if you haven't memorized, that's okay. You you read, you recite as much as you can, inshallah, as best as you can as well. You know, it's not just quali- quantity, it's quality as well. So try to find a balance between the two so that you do as much as you can, inshallah, because there's virtue in reciting more, definitely. But it is also important to recite it properly as well. And we should not be sacrificing, uh, you know, the rules of tajweed, for example. We should not be sacrificing the proper uh, respect towards the recitation of Quran, Um just because we want to recite a lot. So yes, reciting a lot is great, alhamdulillah. You could even do it fast, but the rules of tajweed should be respected, inshallah. With regards to generosity, um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, according to Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, kan nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wasallam ajwad al-nas. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, was the most generous of people. Wa ajwadu ma yakunu fi Ramadan. But he would be his most generous during Ramadan, hina yalqahu jibreel. When he would meet with the angel Jibreel, and he would, وَكَانَ جِبْرِيلُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ يَلْقَاهُ فِي كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ مِنْ رَمَضَانِ فَيُدَارِسُهُ الْقُرْآنِ فَلَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَجْوَدُ بِالْخَيْرِ مِنَ الْرِيحِ الْمُرْسَلَةِ So Ibn Abbas said that the Prophet would be most generous during Ramadan when he would meet with the angel Jibreel, and he would meet with him every night and recite the Quran, and when Jibreel met him, he used to be more generous than a fast wind. So generosity, right? Opening up uh, our wallets and our hearts and giving for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something which is uh, a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu something which is highly recommended and something we should always try to do even when the times are difficult, when they're challenging, we should still try our best to give as much as we can because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that, you know, that the best form, one of the best forms of charity is to actually give when one is fearing poverty. So when you fear poverty and you, when you are feeling greedy, that is the most virtuous, the best form uh, or the best time to give in charity. Just want to mention that those who are watching on Facebook, um, in case the feed goes down, um, you can catch this talk, inshallah, going on on our YouTube channel. So you can just go to YouTube and search for Kanata, Mus- Kanata Muslims on YouTube, inshallah, and you can find the same talk in, in case something happens um, to um, the Facebook feed, inshallah. Jazakumullah khairah for, um, for joining. Um, 
so that is with regards to generosity. You know, uh, we have published a, uh, uh, for I think the third or fourth year in a row now, alhamdulillah, we have uh, published a fasting and charity calendar. So for each day of Ramadan, we are recommending a registered Canadian charity um, that donate to them because, uh, of course, everyone needs donations for their projects and for their efforts. Uh, and uh, Canada Muslim Association is no exception. But at the same time, it's a united effort. You know, we should be uh, supporting each other, supporting other organizations that are reputable, supporting other causes. Uh, so please take a look at that calendar. You can go to canadamuslims.ca slash calendar. You can download it there. You can print it at home. You can um, um, you can request a printed copy if you like. And for each day of Ramadan, there is a suggested charity. So please do support them, inshallah. And at the same time, we for this year, we also have a suggested Quran uh, reading as well for each day of Ramadan. So if you follow that, inshallah, you will complete the recitation of the Quran at least once by the end of Ramadan. Inshallah, we'll have a, a live uh, dua or khatm al-Quran online. Uh, so please uh, try to follow that as well if you're able to do so, inshallah. Um, now with regards to cleaning the teeth, um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to clean his teeth with uh, siwak. So... Uh, Amir bin Rabia, he relates that I saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa cleaning his teeth with siwak, with the miswak while he was fasting so many times as I can't count so this was something which was very common for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a regular uh, practice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, to do siwak, uh, to clean his teeth with the tooth stick um, during uh, while during Ramadan while fasting. Now, of course, we should be careful about not swallowing. Um, you know, when we are doing that, so just just be careful about that. But other than that, it's something that the Prophet ﷺ has emphasized through his action. So do consider cleaning your teeth, especially if you can do it with the siwak, uh, because that would be closer to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. But nonetheless, just taking care of our oral hygiene uh, even while fasting, inshallah. Some of the scholars have mentioned with regards to toothpaste. You know, being careful not to swallow it. Some have talked about taste, you know, being an issue and being disliked, perhaps. Uh, but nonetheless, whichever form that we can find that is most suitable uh, for uh, for uh, cleaning our teeth while fasting, so inshallah, that is something that we should try to do. And again, the closest to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is the tooth stick. Now, with regards to iftar, uh, the Prophet ﷺ said that three whose du'a is never rejected by Allah are, you know, when a fasting person breaks their fast. In another narration, the fasting person until they break their fast, the just ruler and the one who is oppressed, right? So fasting, um, you know, and making dua when a person is, is fasting and especially closer to the end of the day when the, the, the iftar time is coming close, this is this is a very, very valuable time for, for the acceptance of dua. Um, and therefore, we should try to use that time to the best of our ability. As I mentioned last time, uh, you know, especially for those who are working in the kitchen and trying to prepare for iftar, uh, first of all, do it as a family if you can. Help each other. You know, don't leave it on one or two people. Try it. Everyone pitch in. Uh, inshallah, that way it will be done quickly. And try to do it beforehand. So after Asr, just start preparing uh, so that the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes or 10 minutes at least before iftar, before sunset, that time is safe, um, is, is, is available to you for making dua and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah. So try to take note of that and try to um, follow that to the best of your ability, inshallah. Now, the Prophet ﷺ would also hurry to break the fast. Um, you know, once the time has come in, so of course you don't want to rush it um, and, uh, and and break your fast before sunset, okay? So be careful that sunset has come in. 
But once sunset time is established and it's, you know that the time has come in, then it is not right to delay breaking the fast. Then it should be broken as soon as possible. So there should be um, a, um, adherence to the time of sunset and breaking the fast as soon as possible after that, inshallah. Um, the dua of breaking the fast, um, you know, uh, one that is authentically narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that ذَهَبَ الظَّمْآ وَابْتَلَّةِ الْعُرُوقِ وَثَبَتَ الْأَجْرُ inshallah. That the thirst is gone, the veins are moistened, and the reward is certain if Allah wills. Okay, so this is one narr uh, authentically narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, there's other hadith as well that are also narrated, perhaps not to the same strength uh, in, in terms of narration, but nonetheless, um, the, the scope of dua is open. So inshallah, you know, if you know another dua that you've read or that you've become accustomed to, then inshallah you can make that dua as well. There is no harm in uh, doing that. Um, the Prophet sallallahu used to break his fasts with a few fresh dates, right? Hanas ibn Malik radiallahu anhi yaqul, kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yuftiru ala rutubatin qabla an yusalli. That he used to break his fast um, with a few fresh dates before performing the evening prayer. And if there were not any fresh dates, then he used to break it with dry dates. And if he could not find any dry dates, he used to drink a few drops of water. Okay, so again, the order of preference of the Prophet ﷺ was fresh dates, um, which are likely not available for most of us, but fresh dates. Um, and if fresh dates were not available, then dry dates. And if there were no dates available, then the Prophet ﷺ used to break his fast with a few drops of water. Um, now, it is better uh, recommended uh, to um, eat an odd number of dates because, you know, the odd numbers uh, or something which are, are, you know, beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet wasallam. So an odd number of dates would be better. So one date or three dates uh, or five if you really need a lot of energy at iftar time, inshallah. Um, now there's also a narration uh, that on a journey, the Prophet wasallam ordered for sawiq to be made, which is barley mixed with water for iftar. Okay, so that is also a meal that is um, narrated that the Prophet wasallam had for iftar. Now there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ also uh, related by Anas radiallahu an that if the food is already presented, if the food is already presented, then eat before praying the sunset prayer and do not eat your meals in haste. And this is the question with regards to, you know, should you have your meal first or should you just break your fast and offer maghrib and then, you know, offer um, and, and then have your meal. Um, and of course, this is uh, the difference is uh, very pronounced sometimes culturally. Um, you know, there's a, that story I like to tell, you know, of uh, uh, actually I heard this from from a reliable uh, person uh, that, you know, there was a, a, uh, a brother who walked into a masjid, uh, an Arab brother who walked into a masjid, which was run primarily by, by brothers and sisters from South Asia. And uh, he just wanted to break his fast and offer Maghrib Salah. And as soon as he walked in, they said, brother, brother, come. And they sat him down and, you know, gave him the big plate of samosas and pakoras and everything else. And he's like, you know, what's going on? Like, did you already pray? Or, you know, like he's confused. Um, because, of course, the tradition in many places is to just break the fast with dates and then offer the salah and then eat. Whereas others culturally may be more accustomed to having the meal first or having one portion of the meal first, then offering maghrib salah and then continuing the meal. Right. So there's different ways uh, of doing it. But nonetheless, the Prophet ﷺ used to break his fast with a fresh few dates right before performing the prayer. Um, and if no fresh dates, then the dry dates and the water, and then he would offer the salah. But we also have this narration that if the food is already presented, then eat before praying. Um, before praying Maghrib, do not eat your meals in haste. Okay, so that's why it has been, 
you know, we see both practices. Um, so my personal recommendation would be that, you know, if you can break your fast and then offer your salah, you know, satiate yourself, drink some water, have a few dates, uh, pray your maghrib, and then you can relax and eat your meal. Uh, that is good because you won't be eating in haste, you know, and thinking of maghrib. Uh, but otherwise, if the food has already been presented, it's ready to eat, it's hot, um, then there's no harm in eating your meal and then offering your maghrib prayer. But just be conscious of the timing and to make sure that you don't delay it too much, inshallah. Um, now, with regards to prayers at night, now we know that, you know, night prayers are very, very special. In the month of Ramadan, um, the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever prays Qiyam with the Imam until he finishes, it will be recorded as if he spent the whole night in prayer. And the scholars have interpreted the Qiyam as being Taraweeh in this case. Um, so therefore, you know, it is uh, very, very uh, virtuous to offer prayer, to offer long prayer until the Imam completes. Uh, and of course, we're not going to the masjid, most senses are. Um, and um, we may be leading prayers at home. Um, you may have, you know, children and, and others. So be mindful of how long you make the prayers, you know, if you're leading at home. Um, if everyone is able to offer the prayer or, you know, is, needs to sit down, whatever it is, be conscious of the people who are praying behind you. If you really, really want to make it long and really want to beautify it in the best way possible, you may want to consider doing that alone by yourself um, and making it a bit easier for, for the rest of the family, especially if they're not accustomed to very long you know, rakaz, if you are even able to offer or, you know, lead for, for such a long time. Um, but nonetheless, we find virtue in praying behind the imam until the imam has completed the prayer. Um, um, now, with regards to the taraweeh prayer, and I mentioned this last time, um, that uh, Aisha radiallahu anha uh, narrated that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam prayed one night in the masjid and the people followed him in prayer, um, meaning in Ramadan at night. Then he prayed the next night and many people came. And then they gathered on the third or fourth night and the Messenger of Allah did not come out to them. And the next morning he said, I saw that you did, uh, I saw what you did rather, and nothing kept me from coming out to you except the fact that I feared that it would be made obligatory for you. And that was in Ramadan. You know, so the Prophet was concerned that Allah will love this action so much that it will become obligatory uh, upon the believers and therefore, you know, it's going to become a difficulty. So therefore, the Prophet ﷺ prayed in, or led in jama'ah for a few nights, a couple of nights, and then or two or three nights. And then after that, he did not offer the night prayer um, uh, in, in Ramadan. And instead, you know, uh, uh, in jama'ah, in congregation, and instead he offered it um, individually or he offered it by himself. And this was the practice of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ um, through the time of, of Abu Bakr into the beginning of the time of uh, uh, the rule of Umar radiallahu an, and then Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, who then gathered everyone again because they had started offering this prayer in small congregations and he said wouldn't it be better if everyone uh, offered the salah together in congregation and that is how this practice was restarted um, now Aisha radiallahu anha uh, was asked how did the messenger of Allah sallallahu pray during Ramadan and she said that he did not pray more than 11 rak'ahs in Ramadan or at other times. He would pray four, do not ask how beautiful and how long they were. Then he would pray four, do not ask how beautiful and long they were. And then he would pray three. So this statement of Aisha radiallahu anha saying that the Prophet وسلم, um, you know, did not pray more than 11 rak'ahs in Ramadan or at other times, meaning outside of Ramadan as well. This is uh, a statement which has you know a lot of uh, due to which a lot of academic discussion has followed. Um, and there are differences in interpretation and understanding. 
And the majority of the fuqaha of the classical scholars, uh, the four imams of fiqh and their schools, have interpreted tarawih and the tahajjud prayers to be two separate prayers. So the, what, the, what Aisha radiallahu anha was talking about, um, according to them, was the tahajjud prayer which the Prophet would, would offer through the year, in Ramadan or outside of the year. And you know, some of the scholars, great scholars of hadith have also interpreted that way. Uh, and then in Ramadan, the tarawih prayer was a separate prayer. And the classical fuqaha, uh, the four schools of fiqh, uh, understood it to be uh, a minimum of 20 rakahs, believe it or not. You know, some going as much as 36 or even more, perhaps. Uh, so they understood it to be minimum of 20 rakahs for tarawih and the tahajjud praying prayer being a separate prayer. Um, others have said that, that you know, either uh, there are no fixed rakahs, so you could pray two at a time as, as, as much as you can. So two units, two rakahs at a time, as, as much as you want. Um, some have said up to a maximum of eight. Uh, so we do find some discussion there with regards to the tarawih and how many rakahs it is. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, even though we cannot find a specific number for tarawih from the Prophet ﷺ, apart from the eight, the hadith about the eight, um, we do find, you know, that the classical scholars, the early Muslims, um, understood it to be a minimum of twenty, or that was their practice. And what makes me wonder is that, you know, those were the early Muslims who we all love and respect. Uh, we we follow their fiqh, we follow their understanding um, of of the guidelines uh, and the teachings of Allah and His Messenger wasallam. So there must have been something that they understood. Um, that led them to establish this minimum of 20, Allah knows best. Um, and I personally, uh, you know, trust their judgment because uh, of their stature and their knowledge and their taqwa. Um, uh, and uh, therefore, uh, that is something what I uh, also try to offer as well. But at the end of the day, they, you try to offer as much as you can, inshallah, with the intention of following the sunnah of the Prophet them, And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you for your intention and your sincerity, inshallah. Um, so that is that. Now, with regards to uh, nighttime, the Prophet وسلم, or rather, Allah tells us that you know eating is permissible, uh, drinking is permissible. Um, you know, intimacy, uh, halal intimacy, is also permissible uh, in the nights of Ramadan, and this is also something which was uh, proven from the Prophet وسلم, with his wives as well. Um, so this is something that we should know is permissible uh, during the nights of Ramadan, and there is nothing uh, wrong with it. Um, what we should be careful about, though. Is, is not engaging in things which are not beneficial or which are which are haram in, in, in Ramadan at any time. Um, not while we are fasting, of course, and not after uh, at, at nighttime either. So we should be careful about that. So for example, um, you know, uh, in some countries and some cultures, there is this tradition of having, uh, you know, um, nighttime drama series, right? So you have special, uh, and this always sort of, you know, perplexes me, you know, leaves me perplexed that, you know, in the month of Ramadan, when we're trying to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that really the time when we want to be spending our times, uh, our nights rather, uh, watching, uh, you know, TV shows, watching uh, drama serials. So, um, you know, it's, um, uh, it, 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 it really, Allah knows best, it, it, just, it, it just really confuses me as to why that would be the time to promote such things. And I know it's huge in some cultures, you know, whether it's uh, in Arab countries, in the um, you know, in in um, in, uh, in the uh, in South Asian markets, uh, you know, or countries, uh, it's a thing, right? So people like to watch uh, dramas and movies at night during Ramadan. Um, and uh, Brother Sean, uh, you know, even if they're the best dramas ever, that's okay. They'll be on YouTube, and you can watch them afterwards if you really want to watch them. Uh, but really, you know, don't uh, you know, don't don't focus uh, on that. Don't spend your nights doing that. 
in the month of Ramadan because again, you know, this is the most valuable time of the year. Um, and, um, you know, and I mentioned last time, right, it's like a shopping spree. Okay, somebody gives you a shopping spree to pick up whatever you want from the store that you really love going to, you're not going to be standing around, you know, making a return or, you know, standing around looking out the window or just like reading, you know, something to pass your time. You're going to be picking up stuff because that is the time for that, right? That is your opportunity and you don't want to lose it. So, you know, please, you know, consider that, um, that inshallah, you know, as much as possible, try to use your time as, as in the best way possible in the month of Ramadan, especially the, the nights of Ramadan, try to spend them in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you can't worship, you're tired, you know, at least just rest and listen to Quran, leave the Quran on, listen to an inspirational lecture, listening to something that gives you an iman rush or iman boost. You know, do something positive that brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, inshallah. Uh, with regards to i'tikaf, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to stay in the masjid during the last 10 days of Ramadan. This is uh, authentically narrated by Abdullah ibn Umar uh, um, that that was the pro practice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So again, you know, most likely we will not have uh, an opportunity, unfortunately, to go to the masjid, uh, even for i'tikaf, for those uh, who normally do i'tikaf. Um, so... In, under these circumstances, inshallah, you know, try to have uh, a musalla in your home if you can. Try to, if you want to make the intention of i'tikaf, and you try to stay there for as long as you can, especially in the last 10 days of Ramadan, it's not really a true i'tikaf because the i'tikaf, at least for the, for the men, according to everyone, has to be done in the masjid. There's some difference of opinion where women's i'tikaf can be. Um, but for men, there's no question that a valid sunnah i'tikaf has to be done in the masjid. Uh, so therefore, you know, it's not the ideal scenario. But under the circumstances, Allah knows best. Perhaps if you go ahead with the intention and make the i'tikaf at home in a, in a place and you try to do it in the same way, meaning you don't try to leave uh, unless it's absolutely necessary, you try to stick to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you stay there for as much as you can, devoting yourself um, without any distractions to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then inshallah, we, we should be positive and hopeful, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you uh, will grant you uh, some reward at the very least, inshallah. So perhaps there's no harm in, in, in taking that approach if you would like to do so. Um, with regards to, uh, there's some questions, inshallah, I'll get to that at the end. Uh, but very quickly, I'd like to go over some practical guidelines. Um, so it's uh, it's highly recommended that you uh, develop a schedule for yourself. Uh, there's some excellent Ramadan planners, mashallah. I'm going to try to share some links uh, for some, inshallah, uh, perhaps tonight or tomorrow uh, online. Um, but there's some Ramadan planners that you can print out um, that you can use for uh, tracking your good deeds, uh, you know, um, the actions that you're doing, the dhikr, the recitation of Quran, the amount of salah, all of those things. So, you know, some really, really nice planners. And I know uh, our uh, sisters at the uh, KMA TriStar Academy also made a very nice planner for, for um, the students, which inshallah I'll be sharing as well. Uh, so try to plan your day because if you don't plan your day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to slip away. Um, um, if you don't plan your day, it's going to slip away. I just made that up right now. Uh, alhamdulillah. So, um, so plan your day so it doesn't slip away, inshallah. Otherwise, you know, a person thinks they have a lot of time. They're staying at home. Oh, you know, I have 24 hours. But subhanAllah, if you don't plan it, it's it's going to go away. It's in, There's a good chance it's going to go to waste. Uh, so plan your day so it doesn't slip away, inshallah. Um, plan uh, your meals, of course, for suhoor, iftar. Um, normally we would say pray as many prayers in the masjid as you can. Of course, we can't give that advice right now, unfortunately. 
due to the circumstances. So inshallah, try to offer as many prayers as you can in jama'ah with your family if possible, inshallah. Um, be kind, especially with children or those who are not accustomed to going for jama'ah. Don't be harsh, you know, be compassionate, be kind uh, in trying to bring them together and uh, trying to make it something which, you know, increases uh, love and togetherness in the family, uh, inshallah. Uh, with regards to uh, food, uh, so, you know, most many people, I shouldn't say most, but many people will not be going out as much uh, during this Ramadan because of the circumstances. So perhaps this is not as critical. Um, but, you know, complex carbohydrates that release energy slowly during the hours of fasting are recommended. Uh, for example, this is just from a health point of view, you know, found in uh, grains and seeds like barley and wheat and oats, uh, beans, lentils, wholemeal, flour, uh, uh, rice, uh, for example. Uh, so these are good things to have, inshallah. Uh, Fiber-rich foods, which are digested slowly, include bran, cereals, uh, whole wheat, um, uh, grains, seeds, potatoes with the skin, vegetables such as green beans, almost all fruit, uh, good to have, inshallah, if possible. Uh, try to avoid foods that are heavily processed, um, you know, fast-burning foods that contain refined uh, carbohydrates um, in the form of sugar, white flour, um, as well, of course, too much fatty food, cakes, biscuits, chocolate, sweets, uh, uh, Indian mitai, uh, you know, um, uh, and it's hard, I know, especially, I mean, I'm South Asian background, uh, fried foods is what we do out of thought, um, subhanAllah, you know, so it's, uh, so try to balance it, you know, maybe in your log, you can count how many samosas you had as well, and try to cut down, cut, cut down on those as well, I think I made it through one Ramadan with just four or five samosas, uh, or less than 10 for sure, uh, small ones as well, uh, so, you know, just try, inshallah, especially if you're not getting too much exercise, because you won't be going to the masjid for taraweeh, you might not be walking as well, as much. Uh, so just try to, you know, uh, cut down, inshallah, as much as you can. Try to be a little bit healthier uh, in your food, inshallah. Um, um, avoid caffeine, uh, tea, coffee. Um, you know, it's uh, I know it's hard for people, uh, for many of us, but, you know, try to wean yourself off in this day that's left. Uh, you know, try to cut out the coffee and the tea. Uh, during the daytime, inshallah, and that'll make it easier for you to get through the day, inshallah. Um, brush properly at uh, the time of sahur. Um, you know, use your toothpaste, uh, use siwak uh, through the day, uh, clean your teeth, use floss if you need to, brush your tongue, uh, drink two to three glasses of water at sahur, inshallah. Uh, so that should help with uh, bad breath as well if that is an issue during fasting. Um, and of course, you can continue to, to clean your mouth as well, as we discussed uh, already, inshallah. Uh, there's a hadith, just to mention, there's a hadith about, um, you know, the smell that emanates from the from uh, the fasting, from the mouth of the fasting person um, is, is is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the smell of musk. Um, so scholars have said that, first of all, that's not really referring to bad breath. It's referring to a special smell that emanates from the stomach. So it comes out of the stomach. Out of, of the of the fasting person, uh, and that is the smell. Allah knows best, but it appears, or scholars have mentioned that that is the smell that is being referred to, and it is not really an excuse for or, or encouragement of having bad breath. So you know, you try to try to manage that to the best of your ability, inshallah. Uh, this Ramadan is going to be different, as I said, um, but uh, we're going to try to make the best of it. So I want everyone to be positive, inshallah. Um, get go into it with excitement, with with energy. Um, try not to be down. Try not to think. Actually, I found it to be a great distraction alhamdulillah in a good way um i haven't turned on the news in quite a few days now probably a couple of weeks now uh because i've been busy preparing alhamdulillah so just you know it's it's a great blessing to have 
Um, it's it's a great thing to focus on. It's about the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's about blessing, getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, attaining the mercy, forgiveness, the blessings, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshaAllah. So, you know, get right into it um, and be prepared to the best of your ability. Inshallah, we'll have uh, a lot of live programming this year, inshallah, online uh, on our channels, uh, especially at canadamuslims.ca slash live. Uh, we just released our Ramadan programming schedule on uh, Facebook uh, just before this lecture went live. Uh, so do check that out as well. Inshallah, we'll be sending that by email as well. Uh, so we have uh, live programming every single day, inshallah, uh, which will, you will find to be beneficial. We have a Quran recitation, uh, or sorry, Quran uh, memorization challenge. Uh, just to memorize uh, Surah, uh, Surah Al-Rahman, Surah Al-Waqiyah, um, and uh, Surah Yasin, inshallah. Uh, and if you're, uh, and the, the beauty of this is that it's open to adults, to children, uh, to youth. Um, you don't have to do the whole thing. Try your best. Inshallah, Sheikh Luayi uh, uh, will be uploading lessons every day, uh, sharing video lessons, short lessons, inshallah. And um, and you know, it's 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 there, there, there's there's nothing to lose. Inshallah, you'll gain. Just try your best. Remember, the Prophet ﷺ told us that the person who struggles to recite the Quran gets a double reward. Okay, so if you find it challenging to, to recite or to memorize, that's okay. Keep trying, inshallah. And, you know, inshallah, Allah will continue to increase your reward. Uh, so don't worry about that. Just try your best, inshallah. Join the challenge. Uh, it's at kananamuslims.ca uh, slash Quran challenge. Uh, so you go ahead and you, you sign up for that. Uh, there will be prizes for all kids and youth up to age 17, regardless of how much they're actually able to memorize, because we just want to motivate people and, you know, create some excitement and encouragement to just get into it and try our best, inshallah. Uh, if those surahs are too long or you already know them, you can choose other ones as well, inshallah. So it's very open. It's it's just really to motivate everyone and to create some excitement and to get us closer to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sign up for that challenge. Um, and, um, you know, I want to say, lastly, that the most probably defining um, images for me for this Ramadan that I will probably remember for the next uh, for the rest of my life, inshallah, um, are, are really two images. So one is that painting by that uh, Saudi artist, which is based on a true picture of the of Masjid al Haram, pretty much closed, the the Mataf, the Tawaf area around the Kaaba empty, except for Subhanallah one cleaner, um, you know, who who serves Masjid al Haram and, and cleaning it and, and taking care of it, who is blessed with that opportunity, really. Um, as being the one person or one of the few people out of this 1.8 billion Muslims in the world who love the Kaaba, who love Masjid al-Haram, who love Mecca, uh, but who are not able to be there, who would probably do anything to have the opportunity to be there at this time. But there's this one person alone, uh, you know, offering salah there. And subhanAllah, it, it just, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really, really striking image, um, beautifully painted or recreated. Uh, mashallah. So, uh, you know, that I think says a lot. You know, when you say, um, you know, uh, you know, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, that definitely is worth a lot of words, subhanAllah. And the other one really was a, a aerial shot of Masjid al Haram, um, the entire masjid, the streets around it, everything just before Ramadan, normally when it would be bustling, um, not a hotel room to be found. Like it would be really, really busy, like Hajj almost. With not a single soul in, in, in sight, not a single person in sight, and such an eerie feeling looking at that, subhanAllah. Just, you know, the state, uh, the situation we're finding ourselves, as I said earlier, inshallah, there'll be khair in it as well, but just this, th this is unprecedented to have, you know, this many masajid um, and, you know, Masjid al Haram, Masjid al Nabi uh, being closed in this way um, and really should be a, something that we feel inside of our hearts. 
and that really motivates us to get closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala because you know may Allah forgive us and you know may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala guide us and grant us the best this Ramadan. But really to be in this situation, to be of this generation, right, to be alive when something like this happens, this is a major major event. Even that one person, like when was the last time that one person was able to offer, like only one person was able to offer salah in front of the Kaaba and the entire area was empty. Like I haven't done my research, but this probably hasn't happened in ages. There have been times when the tawaf stopped, when there was flooding or there was a hostage taking. So stuff happened, but for it to be completely deserted and empty except for one person offering their salah, this is something which is really, really remarkable. And to see that masjid in that state completely empty at night, um, th these are, you know, the, the, these are historic times So make this Ramadan historic as well Inshallah in a good way And that opportunity, that power is in our hands With the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Inshallah uh, So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us and protect us uh, Protect you all Jazakumullah khaira for joining in I'm going to answer the questions Inshallah um, Thank you Imam uh, You're very welcome Jazakumullah khaira for joining in uh, Nighttime drama series Yes, Brother Sean Syrian Ramadan one year There was this amazing series on I was trying to fix it Interesting. Um, did the Prophet was sending used to sleep in the afternoon other months? How about Ramadan? Anything special about his day or night sleep? That's a good question. Um, from what I know, yes, the Prophet uh, used to uh, used to sleep uh, during the, the daytime. He would take uh, you know have a siesta, have a short nap uh, after Dhuhr prayer, a power nap really. Um, so that is something I was it different in Ramadan? That's a good question. I don't know. So I'm not going to try to answer that question and pretend that I know because I don't know. I wouldn't think that it was different in Ramadan. Allah knows best. Um, but uh, I would think that the same practice would have continued during Ramadan, but I, I don't know for sure. So don't quote me on that. Uh, anything about his day or night sleep? I think the, the night sleep was very, very short. We know that for sure. Um, especially in Ramadan, of course. Um, you know, So he would sleep sleep very little we know in normal days the prophet ﷺ would sleep at night and he would offer prayer at night you know so he set an example for doing all of those things um even in ramadan um you know sleeping or napping for a bit at night probably was something that he would do or was a good thing but again i haven't looked into that so um don't don't take that as a definitive answer uh if you don't plan your day your your, your time will slip away brother sean for uh, for uh, for for quoting that, hold your tongue when you brush your tongue. Inshallah. <laughs> okay. Jazakumullah khaira. Any other questions? If you have, Inshallah, um, feel free to to write them. And once again, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. And I hope that you found this session to be beneficial. Um, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala forgive me for my shortcomings and my weaknesses um, and my sins. Uh, you know, we're all in the same boat. Um, you know, we don't know who is in, in which position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single one of us is needy. Every single one of us is weak. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers our weaknesses and our shortcomings in a way that, uh, you know, others are, are not able to tell what the reality is. But the reality is that every single one of us is, is, is a sinner. Every single one of us is, 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 is destitute in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open his doors of forgiveness and mercy for us to guide us. Uh, to protect us, to protect all of our loved ones, to uh, protect uh, those who are serving others at this time, um, the healthcare workers, the, fr the first responders, the, the store workers, anyone else who has to go out and is, is trying their best. May Allah SWT make the situation easy uh, for all of us. May He protect us all and may He really make this Ramadan a transformative experience for all of us so that when we get through this Ramadan, we, we find 
um, blessings, we find forgiveness, we find ease, um, but most importantly, we find betterment within ourselves, our communities, our society, and our world, so that we don't go back to how we were before the pandemic, before the lock, before the the shutdowns, and we don't go back to how we were before Ramadan. But in fact, we find ourselves in a better state after Ramadan spiritually, and we find ourselves just in a better state overall, more mindful, more conscious, more taqwa, more khushu', more goodness, more kindness, more mercy, you know, more forgiveness, uh, more charity, more love, more unity, inshallah. That is what we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Azza wa Jal grant us this and all everything that is good for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all that is harmful for us and that is evil. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khairah. Thank you so much everyone for joining. Inshallah, stay tuned. Uh, check out kananamuslims.ca slash live, inshallah, from Friday when it, we're most likely will be starting. Uh, of course, we'll have our Friday message on Friday. And then inshallah, you can find all of the rest of the programming there as well. Jazakumullah khairah. Thank you so much. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. Um, and I'm uh, missing uh, every single one of you. Take care of yourselves. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik nashadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa akhru dawani walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Aisha, mashallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. How are you, dear? Mashallah. Zakumullah khair. Missing you as well. And uh, and all of my young friends. Inshallah, we'll have uh, the children's circle in Ramadan. Uh, so we'll see you there, inshallah. Inshallah. Zakumullah khair, everyone. Take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.